Welcome, 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 everybody. We are here for season one, episode two. I'm with the legendary Sean Nelson based out of Las Vegas. He is, he's quite possibly the sexiest photographer on the entire planet. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who are not familiar with Sean Nelson, uh, you must be living under a rock because Sean is one of the most widely known fitness photographers in the industry. You've been shooting for, how, how long have you been shooting? Like 20 years? Man, I'm young. I'm not that old. Oh, here we Listen, go. I, uh, when I got into it, you were the guy. When I got into it around, so I kind of have two parts, right? I, I did video since I, I was 18, 19. So video took up most of my life up until when I was, I would say 2014 is when I picked got my first DSLR, started taking photos. And that's when I started seeing the Sealy everywhere. Sealy all over Facebook because back then it was mostly Facebook still. Oh, and I'm man. like, who is this guy, Sealy? Like, no idea who you were. Then I remember talking to some guy named Doug Larson. <laughs> he was just, he said to me, like, he's some old guy who's <laughs> out of shape, has no business being in the fitness industry. And, all right uh, guys thank you for yeah. talking uh <laughs> it's been a great podcast for those of you who are i got okay, a picture yeah. too let's go back <laughs> man that was that's that was a long time ago that was you know when you're a fitness photographer uh compared to and i'm probably going to piss off a lot of people compared to like a boudoir photographer um boudoir is is indoors you're in a studio in a hotel you know it's you're in air conditioning Fitness takes a toll on your body, man. And I, I see when you travel, because your travel schedule, uh, I remember back in the days, you you would hit, it seemed like 50 to 100 cities a year. I mean, I don't know if it got that high, but I'll tell What's you what. the most? What are the most cities that you hit in one year? It's got to be in the 20s. Only definitely 20? In the 20s. Yeah, yeah, definitely 20s. I've definitely never shot more than, yeah, 20, 20 cities, um, maybe high 20s at the most. Mm. Um, I think people assume that I travel so much because I'm always on the road. Like, yeah. so I might be in a city for a good seven, eight days. So um, what I try to do is I'm trying to maximize my time more. So rather than do a bunch of short trips, I'm trying to go to parts of the country where I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to go to Philadelphia, I might as well go to New York. Mm. If I'm going to go to New York, I might as well go to Boston. And so I kind of condensed, like, it's one trip, but I'm now going to three different places. Like, yeah. I do that for Texas all the time. Um, because, man, the jet lag. I don't know about you. Like, how does jet lag mess you up? It destroys me for, like, 10 days. Like, your, the Europe trip. Like, when you got back. It, 10 days. It was brutal. It was. Oh, it, man. Like you have the initial day when you get back and then, you know, you feel like you're normal, but then day number two, you wake up at some random, like 3 a.m. in the morning and you're wide awake. And then like at three in the afternoon, you pass out and you're exhausted. Then you wake up again. And then, and so it just, it slowly gets back to normal. But I liked it actually, because for about four or five days, I would wake up every day at 6 a.m. And I felt like I was being so productive, but then 6 a.m. goes to seven, seven goes to nine, then nine goes to 1230. My normal routine. Yeah. <laughs> Things you can do when you're old. The, the thing I, no one thinks about is when we travel to Europe, 
we're not doing like a normal you sleep till 10 a.m no like we're up early usually for these early like i don't know about you but i'm up at like five six a.m at times yeah so that's like a whole nother couple like time zones if you think about it yeah and then yeah so you you've done europe a couple times in the last probably what in the last six months you've done europe twice yeah so uh my first time so last year i went twice i went in july and i went to let's see i went to the uk and then i went to sweden then germany switzerland and then back and the second trip was just romania and um amsterdam now have you noticed any differences in the um and what the expectation is out of a fitness photographer or do you go out there just as a photographer um ask that question again see this is where i need to to edit thanks that was when you go to europe do you uh do you go as a fitness photographer or do you go Mm -hmm. as a photographer so what i mean by that is you know as a fitness photographer you've built a, a very identifiable brand and so mm-hmm. you're known as someone that shoots all of anyone who's anyone in the industry, you shoot them. Yeah. And so poses that you do, you know, you have, you have a very, very uh, identifiable style with the poses, with the editing, with your overall aesthetic. Mm-hmm. When you go over to Europe, do you find that the people that you work with over there are, mm. are they just like a, a U.S. based fitness athlete? except in a different country or is the style of photography different over there? Um, so when I go out there, I'm definitely just shooting fitness competitors. And um, so when I'm working with these competitors, these models, they're typically just like any other model I shoot, except they don't speak much as much English. Right. Yeah. So like, for instance, when I went to Romania pro show, world-class physiques, like the women out there, they look amazing, but, a lot of them just don't speak any English. Mm. And like, what's really cool about that is you get to really learn about people in different ways, right? We're so used to just being like, hey, how are you? And you say the, the things during a shoot, right? How's your day going? Well, when you're working with someone, let's say from Russia, and they don't speak one word of English except hi, you have to really pick up on those mannerisms. And you got to really pick up on the energy. And it's all about the energy, right? Um, I shot someone twice from Brazil and she spoke not a lick of English and we were using like an app, Google translator the whole time leading up to the shoot. But then once that shoot happened, her smile, my smile, just moving around like high energy. That was the like international like language right there. And just going off of that energy, we were communicating on how to, how the shoots go. Obviously I'm showing her how to pose and I'm, I'm learning a little bit of, you know, what her language, which by the way, I forgot everything I learned, but, uh, like, I know you pick up on stuff, but like, I forget the next step. I don't know how you remember. I know Spanish. So if, if we're talking Spanish, yeah. well, I always ask for the bad words. So I know, um, no, I, I forgot them too. <laughs> like I've been taught Russian bad words, uh, Polish bad words, uh, memory man the memory is the first thing to go yeah for, so for brazilians it's a bonita bonita which is beautiful and like i just love how it comes off my tongue so i just say it over and over again and i can just like imagine how annoying that gets when you just hear the guy just say beautiful beautiful but <laughs> yeah i mean 
they get a kick out of it. I try to be goofy about it, right? Keep keep it fun. But yeah, I mean, anyone who's hesitant to work with someone who does not speak the same language as you, that that's not an excuse. Really, that's an opportunity to really get to know somebody. Yeah. Um, get to learn about them in so many different ways you're not used to. And like, that's a powerful like weapon to add to your arsenal. Then you can start observing that aspect of people who do speak English and you add that to being able to communicate with them, right? Through English. And there you go. You're more round, uh, well-rounded as a photographer. So. Now, did you go to Europe as a, more as a vacation while doing shoots or did you go there to shoot? So both trips were just me shooting. So I, I got flown out both times uh, by a company and literally the entire trip was me, was me just shooting yeah. every single day. I mean, I try to give myself a day to get into a city, kind of like, you know, relax, get ready. But I mean, for the most part, I didn't really have time to enjoy the cities yeah. besides that. Yeah. Uh, favorite city that you've gone to? Overseas? Oh, London. Love it. Love London. And I did not expect that. Like when I was thinking about, so in Europe last year, I was like, all right, Frankfurt, um, Stockholm, London, um, yeah, Zurich, Switzerland. I thought I would like Zurich the most, but I don't know. London just was exactly what I see in movies. Like I got to, see, I, I guess maybe it was my first leg of the trip. So it was like all new to me. Mm. And I actually had like a nice full day to like be a tourist and see stuff. But, um, and I'm, I'm sure by the end of the trip, when I went to Switzerland, it's like, you see the same architecture over and over again. You're like, all right, kind of getting bored of this. So yeah. like, maybe that's it. But um, man, I just love the, the old, the big Ben. They had a big Ferris wheel right off of the river next to the pair uh, palace. That was cool. Seeing the whole city going to the palace was cool. Did you, uh, um, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been to London a couple of times. Um, mm. and one trip, my very first one, I did the, all the tourist stuff, saw the crown jewels, went to the, yeah. you know, um, my favorite part is when I was just randomly walking and I don't know what part of, uh, or I have no idea where I was, but I was walking yeah. around downtown and then I turned around the corner and then there was this orchestra. That was in the middle of this common area and a hundred people, you know, and they started playing, um, some incredible orchestra music. I don't, I don't even know who or what, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, to have that. And I know that that happens, you know, a lot of different places, but to have that at, at my very first trip, it was, uh, one of the most memorable experiences I had. And then I pulled out my phone and I was going to record. And then one of the violinists, she stared at me. And she gave me the dirtiest look Ooh. and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, you'll so, pay. You have to pay for that. <laughs> kind of scared me a little bit, but I actually had a, uh, uh, did, did you ever try jellied eel? No. Disgusting. So I, my friends, uh, one of my friends, her fiance, uh, apparently is a, a, an asshole, uh, quite a funny asshole. Cause I would do the same thing, but he says, mm -hmm. Hey mate, gotta try a jelly deal. And I'm like, Okay, when in Rome, right? Because we had, uh, we had the proper English breakfast. We had the, mm -hmm. the blood pudding, I think, or, mm -hmm. or blood. Pudding. And so I, I, I love food, you know. So I want to taste food from different places. 
And mm-hmm. uh, they said, yeah, jelly deal. And I'm like, oh, hell, I'm here. So let's do it. So we went to this little, little tiny hole in the wall and ordered it. And they gave this little cup. And so imagine it's, it's cold, gelatinous, bony, super fishy, nastiness. You take mm. one bite and it makes you, it, it's, it, it tastes worse than vomit. It was horrible. And then as soon as yeah. I took a bite, that's when people started laughing at me, I'm like, you fuck. Anyway, so yeah, I don't uh, recommend When it. I went to, when I went to Iceland, um, they had shark on the menu and we're like, I've never seen shark on a menu before. Yeah. We got it. Oh, oh, oh so bitter. I'm like there's a oh. reason why there's no shark at sushi. Like it yeah. does not taste good. Oh. Isn't that where they have the, I don't know if it's shark meat or if it's whale fat or something, where they, they take uh, some kind of fish or shark and they, they dry it. And so it's, it's outdoors, but it has one of the most pungent flavors and aromas. It was on uh, like one of those cooking shows or like the, the cooking show where you eat nasty food or weird foods or stuff like that. What show is that? I don't know what that is. Bizarre Foods. Bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's um, something that's pretty famous. Yeah, they say it's it's gnarly. So yeah, when, I, when I went when I went to London, I I tried fish and chips. I'm like, all right, I have to try this. Everyone's telling me if you go to London for the first time, fish and chips. Yeah. So tourist area, I get it. It's not chips. It's fries. It's French fries. I thought it was actual chips, and and the fish reminded me of like the frozen fish my mom would like come home from work didn't want to cook throw in like some frozen fish into the microwave from the freezer and like that's what it tasted like like oh like i'm sorry guys i'm sorry i don't want to offend anyone from the uk but no let's offend them no this one's nasty yeah especially no it's sorry one good thing no jody jody's food is nasty for those of you don't Mm -hmm. know jody wright Mm -hmm. is a a Mm -hmm. sub subpar photographer who uh who was really old a lot of gray hair uh really out of shape that's true and he, yeah. yeah he's yeah. he's not uh super non-talented he's the literally the worst photographer that i've ever known but you his, know what? his cooking if, is worse if you were number 11 then he's number 10 how about that oh that's the just a there you go. all right on that note this is goodbye number two <laughs> now jody is uh he's one of my favorite people on the planet he's one of the yeah. most talented photographers i know um so uh, speaking about Jody, so when you're in the UK, did you notice a different style? Because when I see mm-hmm. Jody's work, I, I know his style, just like I know your style. When mm-hmm. I first started out photography, my my goal was to not have to have a logo on my image, um, on my images. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start out, you have to have a logo so that way people can kind of identify, you know, they can identify your your style, you know? Yeah. With Jody's work, I've never... I, I never need to see a logo to know a shot that he's taken, you know, and, but as, as more people shoot, because he will also answer any question that another photographer has, he's super giving with his info. And so a lot of people I've noticed, you know, start emulating some of his poses and some of his post work. Cause I mean, he, he likes to share, but I can definitely tell a UK style of fitness photography. Have you noticed differences in UK style versus American style? Well, to me, UK, well, I'm thinking in terms of fitness photography in the UK, he is it, right? So when I see his work, it always has like this X factor to it that just pops. And that's how I always know it's his work. 
And I think part of it is his locations, each the way he shoots girls in these specific locations. And then, but there's another way of him just being able to use, you know, he uses strobes, but he, he uses them in a way that it looks very natural. And it's just that combined with that creativity that he applies to those locations with the outfits and whatnot. It's, it's like, it's got this like, um, high dynamic range kind of feel to it. Yeah. You see all the details to it that really, yeah. I mean, I don't need a logo to see that it's his photo. You know, the secret is because he has his camera on auto. Mm-hmm. That's why. And he, and, and he spends 30 it, seconds editing each photo too. That's, that's well, his strobes are on TTL. <laughs> his camera's on auto and he has a retoucher. Yeah. Yep. I'm giving away all the secrets. Yep. Yeah. Matter of fact, he takes shots with his eyes closed. He closes his eyes. That, that is and he true. Says, All right, pose, and then he takes it. Yeah, that is true. Hey, let's let's talk about uh, your photography. Uh, with your yeah. photography, uh, you do have a wide range of poses. So, mm-hmm. what I'm going to assume is that there are going to be people that are in the industry, you know, photographers, uh, athletes, uh, hopeful fitness photographers, um, and posing is one of the biggest challenges that people have. You know, they can learn lighting basics, they can learn the camera, but as soon as they get into um, a position where they're in front of an athlete, uh, their their minds go blank. And so I see this all the time. I've got people in my coaching group, and then I see, it, you know, people on YouTube, you know, as well, they message and, and mention so. Uh, where did you learn the arts of posing? So I had a really amazing mentor. Um when I was still doing video, I worked under a photographer named Michael Eckstadt. And he really showed me the ropes as far as how posing goes with what we were shooting for this company. And so that kind of got me going. And then as that got me going, and I started looking at other influences, started seeing from people such as yourself, uh, Doug Larson, um, there's a few others, right? LHGFX, um, uh, Trey, Trey Scott, and those were the people that kind of helped influence me and push me into the direction I wanted to shoot in. I'm so, you know, when I look at my style, I really think it's just a piece of a lot of different styles. Yeah. And then I just kind of created a mold, a special mold that got it to look more of something that people go, oh, that Sean shot that. Right. So I think, you know, there's nothing, I really don't believe there's originality to anything we do right everything that we're doing every idea every pose it came from something it came someone like if you thought you did an idea and you're the first person to ever do that idea someone did that 50 years ago guaranteed right right? that's not what we're trying to do though we're trying to get an angle on that idea you know everyone sees a picture differently right it's like how can you find that idea look at that idea and how can you turn that into your perspective and then that's it that's your vision of that idea right and then when you do that for a while then you can start going you know what what if i this idea i like and then this idea i like and then what if i merge them together to create a whole new idea and my perspective to that idea and that's that's part of being creative and always trying to find a new way to reinvent yourself and create right. that style that identifies yourself. Do you know how many times your style has shifted over the years? Like intentionally or accidentally? Intentionally. Um, you know, I, I started out shooting a lot more 
of the more yeah the more physique type competitors right women's physique female bodybuilding um there's a specific look that they want as a client that's a lot different than a look that other clients want and so as i've started to work with other clients you know the, the softer looks like such as bikini wellness um just people who are fit but don't compete um, i wanted to kind of start shifting my angle to where i'm still showing off the physiques in those hard kind of ways that i did early on and, and to this day but also being able to find a softer way of showcasing that physique that would appeal to those other this new clients that i'm talking about right so that's where i'm shifting at you know when i first saw your saw your stuff uh, way back in the day um the crazy thing the crazy thing is how much the industry has shifted since when I first started to now, uh, when I first started seeing your stuff, your work was kind of a little bit more on the risque side. It was more on the sexier mm -hmm. side. Um, compare your your stuff back then to what is out there now. Um, the stuff now is is ten times more, you know, on the sexy sensual side. You know, fitness I think has shifted a ton. Now, I'm not saying whether mm -hmm. that's a good thing or a bad thing, but have you noticed the same? Have you noticed, you know, kind of where where your work, you know, kind of stands compared to uh, just on the word sexiness, doctor? Yeah. A lot of these girls we shoot, a lot of these girls that compete at competitions, they want to feel sexy. They want to feel beautiful. You know, they're in a way a photo shoot is them getting to dress up and be someone they're not a Halloween costume in their head, right? I get to wear these sexy outfits that I've never gotten to worn because I never wear makeup. I'm always wearing gym clothes. So here's my chance to really get out of my comfort zone and try something new. And so I think that's sort of where that originated from was doing more of that. Um, I definitely think, you know, social media has influenced some of the decision makings I, I do with, I guess, collaborations. Um, I find that more of the sensual stuff, you know, I, I want it to be tasteful. I don't want it to just be sexy. I don't want it to be sexy just to be sexy. I want it to be sensual and tasteful. I want women to look at it and go, I want to be that girl in that picture. Um, so I find that doing more of that, the, the engagement on social media, definitely reacts to that better than here's a gym shot yeah um so part of me is it's a business decision as well it's not just you know me personally liking to do more of the central stuff it's me also understanding that you know for me to continue to grow my business and get the exposure that i need um collaborations are going to have to at least you know hit a couple check boxes um when we're shooting that so um yeah that's part of it too what, what do you think man I think things have changed so much so fast, you know, I think, uh, and, and I don't know if it was because of 2020, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was because of the, the big surge or the, you know, when 2020 happened, there yeah. was a stat that showed that only fans like 10 X their revenue, mm -hmm. they went from millions to hundreds of millions or billions or trillions. It, the amount of increase in business they had, was just astronomical. Um, yeah. And, you know, people had to do what they had to do to pay the bills. And um, I think the, 
the the stigma around that kind of content has shifted a ton, you know, especially from 2019 to 2020 to where we are now. And mm-hmm. so because it's become a lot more acceptable or not as taboo, I think that's shifted over to social media a lot more because a lot of people now are, are they're, they've legit created businesses. And so you see a lot more people on, on Instagram that are sharing the links to, you know, the site that shall remain nameless. And it's definitely shifted over to fitness as well. And I think that, you know, um, I don't know. It's the question I have is, do you think it's the photographers that are kind of guiding the content to be more, more sexy or is it, you know, the athletes or the models or the business owners who have kind of shifted the tide over and we're just trying to keep up with what the demand is? That's a good question. I think, I think the big part that you said, right? It used to be so taboo to do that. And so women were hesitant to shoot that type of stuff. I think it's a for, it's, it's definitely a force on both ends. I think that, you know, it's, if it's the norm and it's lucrative and it's okay to be sexy because women want to be sexy. They want to, they want to be beautiful. They want to feel beautiful. And I think they definitely shifted in that direction because of only with only fans helping out. Um, but I also think we're even helping that because we're pushing it and we're giving them ideas to, to show them here, here's an idea that's something you could do. And I think it's just, it's like a back and forth kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I think like only fans is a big part of it, man. I think once, you know, for the company that I shoot for, it's a lot harder to shoot models because we were at fan site that I worked with. And, you know, to get women to be part of that fan site, you know, it was a little bit of a taboo back then. And nowadays it's very normal. Yeah. Um, everyone's doing it now. And it's almost like if you're not doing it, you're, you're, you're missing the boat, like hop on. Um, you know, it's hard to make money, especially in the fitness industry. And I think women that are doing it, it's a smart move if it's all about making money and feeling beautiful, you know, but the thing that I'm concerned about though, is that I feel like a lot of people think of what they're doing and they just think short-term and they don't think about the long-term ramifications of Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? A lot of these girls are 18, 19, 20, and like biggest rule with the internet, right? Is once it's up, it's always up. Right. Once you post a picture, a video, it doesn't matter if it's behind a firewall. Once it's online, assume it's always going to be online and it's going to rear its ugly head one day. So, yeah. you know, people are really like, you know, they do the OnlyFans, they're getting excited, they're making easy money. And then maybe they end up having a family in 10 years. And maybe their kids are now teenagers and they're on inter- on the internet as much as they are. You know, man, they might regret what they did early on, you know, because they weren't thinking they were thinking about the money they were making. Yeah, I agree. I think people that get into it, you know, I don't, I don't judge. So anyone that that enters that space, I'm like more power Mm -hmm. to you, but you have to look at the big picture. You know, if you're going to do it, if it's a business move where your goal is to retire 15 years earlier, great, you know? But if it's just like, just like what you said, if it's only for a dollar today, 
and there's no thoughts to the ramifications tomorrow, that's when it can be kind of dangerous. That's when you can see a lot of people have a lot of regrets. And exactly what you said, once it goes on the internet, it's there forever. And oh, it's yeah. just uh, potential issues later on down the road. So I just caution people to just think twice and think yep. thrice. Yeah. But, you know, if you do it, crush it because there's so much money to be made. But um, any anything that you've seen over the years uh, that you kind of find yourself repeating over and over to athletes, you know, words of caution or words of advice or words of encouragement, what would you say your biggest, not pet peeve or, or word of uh, encouragement? I mean, what would you what would you want the the next athletes who is going to step in front of a camera to hear from you? One thing that I, I try to tell people that I work with um, that are new to everything, because I work with a lot of first time models. Be careful with who you work with. Be careful with what you put out there. It's easy to get excited in the moment and just because you're getting attention. Um, you know, with social media, right, you can be a nobody one day and the next day, everybody wants to shoot with you. Be careful, you know. Sometimes what you see isn't true. What, what a, what's a, appears to you to be a great opportunity might not be the greatest opportunity. Yeah. So I always want them, I always try to remind them, like, just be careful. Do your homework before you do anything. Um, the other one is, um, and I think both of these are not like in the shoot itself. It's just a bigger picture thing. The second one would be, you know, the fitness industry. Um, you might feel like you're going to be like a big influencer tomorrow and you're going to make so much money that you're going to quit your job and everything's going to be so easy. You know, just think about it, slow down a little bit. Cause you know, again, things aren't always going to be as easy you think as you think it is. You know, there's a difference between like being like popular on social media with the fans or whoever's reaching out to you. And then like that translating into success outside of social media. Yeah. So. I always put that caution out there. Uh, super smart. There's a, I mean, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of people. Uh, they enter the industry, they do well at a show, and then they think that there's yep. tons of, of opportunity right around the corner. Or people mm -hmm. that, that do a photo shoot with the hopes of being discovered. You know, when people say they want to be a fitness model and they want to see, you know, they see other personalities do really well and they say, I want to be that person. You know, and it's, I hate to be the person that says, um, good luck. It, it might not happen because I hate to be the person that speaks negatively about somebody else's dreams. But I have seen an increase in people thinking that it's easier than what it is. And, and it's mm -hmm. really it's curious to me. It, it makes me really scratch my head how so many people can think that it takes so little effort to be in these really big, you know, um, places the people that are at the top they they work you know i mean yeah. they hustle they 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 just have that it factor but then they work and uh just uh, a lot of people think that it's you know all you have to do is win a show and then all I, these riches. I i never say oh good luck that's never gonna happen i never say that i just say listen it's never as easy as it appears yeah like definitely oh my god you look amazing yeah i I can see you definitely doing well. Just remember though, it, it, everything you have to work hard for. You know, anyone who makes it look easy, they're working hard to make it look easy, right? 
that's why it looks so easy because they're working their butt off behind the scenes, you know, seven days a week, nonstop. Yeah. So yeah, I always, so it's like a nice balance between, you know, encouraging them, but just a little bit of caution. Anything that you've seen over the years that you're really excited about? Any uh, of the new trends or any of the, like, what do you think about TikTok? Have you, have you shaken your butt on TikTok yet? <laughs> I try He's lying, TikTok. everybody. He's lying. I, a, I have access to his, a, to his private TikTok. I have a TikTok account. It's on my phone. I know. Um, the private one. I'll send a link. Man. I'll put the description down below. So, as a creator, you have to, you have to at least try every venue. You have to just see where it goes, right? You have to. If that trend is TikTok, you gotta at least put your feet in there and just see where it takes you. Um, if you're not, you're just missing out on opportunities. Yeah. And as, as a photographer, you wanna take advantage of every opportunity. Um, but TikTok, it's just, it's not meant for what I do personally, right? Like I was talking to my buddy about this a couple of weeks ago and it was like, you know, TikTok wants it to be fun and you know, all these little quick cuts and, but they don't want anybody in bikinis, anyone showing off their physique. It's, I feel mm-hmm. like if they show, if you show off any abs, even if they're wearing like a nice outfit, like I'm probably going to get flagged, taken yeah. down. Right. And then like, I was also thinking like, as a, like, what is the ROI, you know, with TikTok? Because, you know, I don't know, I think it has an inbox now, but like, it was never encouraging to you to like, look at someone's profile and just, message them and go, oh my God, I love your work. It was more like, just keep swiping, keep swiping, keep swiping, next person, swipe, swipe, right. swipe. And in my head, I'm like, where, where's that opportunity for someone to then go, oh my God, I love your work. I want you to shoot with me. You know, what are your packages, blah, blah, blah. You know, Instagram, it was more like, oh, I like that picture. Let me click on their profile. Oh, wow. Oh my God, I love that look. Let me save that. Okay, let me message them. Hey, I love your work. I see you're going to the show because it's all over your profile. Um, can I book a shoot with you? And so I like I find Instagram a way better platform as a photographer. And I feel like TikTok, I guess if I can somehow redirect them to Instagram or my website, I can see TikTok working. But man, it's it's tough. So for those of you listening to that. That's all bullshit. He has a TikTok where he dances. I will put the <laughs> link down below and the man can dance. I will give him that. He can shake it. Uh, I just did that. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, on the topic of Instagram, you know, Instagram has shifted a ton. There's, you know, I, I've, there's a lot of things that happen on Instagram and I try not to complain and whine about it because it's a free app. You know, I, I don't, I've yeah. never paid a dollar to use it. And it's allowed me to have a business for, you know, for 10 plus years. Yet. So I, well, well, are you going to pay for the, you know, for the new, uh, verification system? I think I might. Yeah. I mean, you well, figure I, mean the cost I don't know of if it. I will, I don't know if I will, but I think someone will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's worth, I mean, the cost, even if it's the, the 1499 a month, uh, mm-hmm. as a creative, as a, just a creative may not be worth it. You know, if you're just in this, just to, you know, take pretty pictures of pretty people, you know, mm-hmm. may not be something that would be worth it for you. But if you have a business, if this is your livelihood, I think it's, you know, it doesn't take much of a photo shoot to pay for an entire year. And so it's kind of a no brainer, especially if there's, 
increase reach and which will lead to more engagement if there's, you know, a, a way to get customer service to to address any issues. So it's it's something that I would have paid for a long time ago, honestly, because they've been squeezing the the engagements and the reach for so long. But have you noticed uh, an increase in, in getting flagged lately? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... I got monetized, man. And I thought that was going to be like the greatest thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm monetized. I'm going to make some money posting videos. I'm motivated. And then it, the thing that really got me was that it like it, it passed for like a week. I'm like, I'm collecting money a whole week. And then all of a sudden, the AI finally got to me and says, nope, you're now banned for the next wow. month. How much were you making? You know, just a couple hundred bucks. Nothing too much. Was that off um, of uh, the reels or was it? Because I've mm-hmm. never been monetized. I've always been in the what? back corner. Yeah. What? I've always had a uh, community standard guideline vi- violations and stuff <laughs> like that. So I've, uh, like, if I go and look at it now, it says you are not eligible to monetize. Yeah, whatever. Listen, it's like, I'm happy with the money. Like, that's cool. Even if it's like just a couple hundred bucks, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Um, I just, hate getting flagged man especially especially when i'm like what are you talking about so the community guidelines happened me too like so when i got um flagged for the monetization then i like kind of was going through my settings and i'm like wait a second what the heck i'm no longer being recommended to the community and it was like a couple pictures one was with uh whitney uh johns and she's wearing an outfit that's very tasteful, nothing sexy at all. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then it kind of gives you this option of like, hey, can you like, you can delete these as if they remove the, you know, the flag. So I haven't really tried that. I just dispute it. And man, I'm so happy. I'm back to normal again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are so. you monetizable again now? Or are you still banned from still that? Still a month. I disputed the, the reels and um, yeah. But then again, like the, the reel that they flagged was a body paint shoot. Mm. So I can kind of see where they're coming from while, although it's not really showing you anything. I don't know, dude. Man, it's a constant, uh, constant chess match. Cause I mean, I, before, whenever I would post a reel, it would get more non-followers that saw it versus followers, which I was okay mm-hmm. with. I mean, I'd prefer for the followers to see it first. Um, mm-hmm. but now like my most recent, cause I had a whole bunch of images that got flagged and then I, I deleted some and I peeled some. And so now I've got the green check mark again, but my Ooh. last couple of reels, they have, well, my last one, I think it has 10 non-followers that I see it. And so it's, and my, my reach is, is absolutely crushed. So it's, they're going through some things and my, my. My thing is, what what I think is happening is they're trying to make life really interesting for us. So that way, when they do launch verification, we will go in droves and say, here's my money. And it's it's a big cash grab. Because think about it, if, mm-hmm. if a million people spent 15 bucks a month, that's a lot of money. So wait, do, so the people that are already verified right now, are they going to get an email saying, hey, to keep that verification, you're going to have to start paying starting next month? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I've yet to meet anybody who's done the new, because I think it's launched in what, Australia, New Zealand. So I don't know of anybody uh, that has actually done or gone through the, the process. 
Um, and I don't know, I know that if, if we were to do it today, we would have to upload a picture of our government ID. And I don't know if that's what people had to do previously to get the check mark. Uh, so there's some rules that you have to kind of abide by. So we'll see. It's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. It's, Question for you. Question. What if I got a fake ID and I put your face on it? <laughs> you know, or I put my face on it and then I say Brad Seely on it, right? then I upload it like what how are they going to stop something like that great point well I would say that they would probably require you to have the ID by your face so that way you'd have to mm. you know and I don't know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of unknown things there's a lot of smart people that can uh, do some crazy stuff you have a doppelganger I mean they could pass oh. pretty easily you know so yeah but um, uh, I don't know. It's 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 going to be kind of tricky, but um. So with fitness, uh, this is going to be a weird question. When is uh -oh. when all is said and done? Uh, yeah. do you want to be known as a fitness photographer, or do you want to be known as a creative? I'm going to say a creative because I don't just do photos. I do video too. Yeah. You know, not not that many people know that I came from video. You know, I went to school for video production. So, you know, while people, yeah, I'm known for photography. No, I'm a video guy. Yeah. So to be both, I'm a creator. I'm a creator. What do you want your legacy to be? Because you're getting up there. You're getting pretty old, man. You're we were like 47 now? Man. 48. We've had like 14 knee operations. I mean, you, you just got done with the <laughs> no, surgery. No, listen. Third, my third knee surgery, and uh, man, I just keep tearing it up playing like the dumbest sports. I tore it up playing kickball. Like, it's not even a good oh. story. Anyone I've told the story to, they just go, "Ooh, kickball," but like kids, I'm like no, no, it's an adult league, you know. And like, and the last two times I've torn it out of the three times was playing kickball. So, man, it's a dangerous sport that kickball. You know, it's. Super hazardous. Yeah. Well, yeah. you need to be doing stuff more suitable for your age, you know, shuffleboard, croquet, and, you know, lawn darts. <laughs> you got to be careful you when you get up there. Is that what you, what do you do? <laughs> Tell me. Man, I sit in this chair and I, I try to find people to talk to. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do nowadays. The best thing I hear, this happens at least one, two things that uh, you say every single year, man, at some point. One is, I got to lose weight. I'm going to start working out. And two is I'm done. I'm done traveling. I'm done traveling. I'm done. I'm going to, and every year, those two things never happen. <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? Let me suck in. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> see, see what, what happened was, so, uh, you show pizza and eat pizza the next day after you say, Hey, I'm done. I'm, I'm losing well, weight. It's gluten-free it. pizza with, uh, with goat cheese, uh, <laughs> lactose intolerant cheese. Yeah, well, you know what? So this is this is why I say those things because I'm a huge believer in visualization. You know, if you see it, yeah. if you say it, it will happen. And I remember, mm -hmm. uh, I go through patterns of seven. So when I was uh, before photography, I was obsessed with poker and I wanted to be a poker player. And I was that mm -hmm. close to moving to Vegas to to try to play poker full time. And I. What? Yeah, I, I love poker. Um, now, with that said, looking back, 
I am not as good as these young kids who play on the computer uh, every day. Because online poker used to be legal in Colorado. So I used to play a lot of online stuff. But then they mm-hmm. it, they made it illegal. Well, it's legal now in a lot of different places, uh, Vegas being one of them. But mm-hmm. some of the, the new superstars of poker, they would play tournaments and they would have like 10 tournaments going on at the same time. And so what How it trains them to do is it you play just by strategy. It's all math. It's all numbers. And so by playing that many hands compared to, you know, the old school poker players who would sit through tournaments. And so in a tournament, they would play X amount of hands. Well, that amount of hands, learning how to play poker where you're playing the person, right? That experience you get at the table, you would get the same amount of hands in like 10 minutes playing online. And so imagine that. So now someone that plays online for five years, the hundreds of thousands of hands that they now automatically know how to play, you know, it's all math. It's all, it's all, you know, stats and calculus and algebra and geometry. I I don't know all that math stuff, but it's all, it's just all math. (laughs) And they perfected the arts of knowing how to be a human calculator. Yeah. So I played poker for seven years. Um, yeah. and then at the end I'm like, okay, well, I'm probably not meant to be a poker player, you know? And so I, I found photography and I did photography and then, um, I did photography like really hardcore for seven years. And at my seventh year, that's when I kind of realized this is kind of hard on the body because I didn't get into photography until I was in my mid thirties. And so when I was, you know, finding my groove, I was already getting tired. I was already experiencing the, you know, the constant, uh, the, the pains that go along with being on the road all the time. And, you know, I enjoyed it, you know, so there's no regrets, but it's, it's hard on the body. And that's when I first started saying, what is my exit strategy from doing what I do right now? Because it's not, a, it's not a long-term thing that I can maintain, you know? Mm-hmm. And then education is something that I got really super obsessed with. Well, I got into YouTube. And then YouTube has been fun. And then that kind of led into uh, online coaching. So this is uh, the whole coaching thing was was probably about seven years, to be honest, because I had started a, a pseudo coaching thing with Sealy Fit. That's when I had people that shot uh, kind of underneath me. And that was about seven years ago. So from then to now, you know, everything that I do now is, is kind of a a merge of of that that base you know philosophy podcasting now man i'm obsessed podcasting man, is so it's intriguing man it's it's always and it allows you to take all the things that you've learned from before you know and the thing that mm-hmm. i love most about podcasting I'll, I'll tell you this the thing i love most is it's based off of the relationships that you've that you've built with other people and you've met a shit ton of people mm-hmm but in this creative industry, what is really common or what was really common when I first started was whenever somebody was doing something really well, uh, they normally were very hesitant to be honest with other people because, you know, the mindset is, no, those are my clients, my clients. I don't want mm-hmm. you to take my money, you know, and that's the mindset that has been around. I mean, nothing's yeah. unique about the concept. It's been around every, any industry forever. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the people that I've been able to meet over the past few years, um, there's a lot of people like yourself who are crushing it in the industry, who are still in their stride, who 
could and sh- maybe should say, nope, I'm in my stride. Don't interrupt me. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. time to talk, you know. But because of the caliber of people that I've met over the years, it results in people being on this podcast like yourself talking about anything and everything, things that are going to help love- the next generation of creatives. I-, I love talking to people. Anyone who wants to talk to me, I'm never going to say no, leave me alone. You know, I remember there's been people I've re- I've reached out to when I first started and I had that impression from them. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's grab dinner. Let's talk. Of course. Yeah. And then if, if you really want me to get in, into like more depth, then I do like a coaching thing, right? A one-on-one Zoom session, right? Yeah. If you really want to go in depth, but otherwise I'm an open book, man. Ask me. I'll tell you my bad experiences, my good experiences, what I wish I never would, would have done or wish I could do. Why not? Because all we can do is help each other out. Even when I talk to someone who's never, who's only shot for a year, I love to hear what they have to say. Like, I'm going to ask them a question, right? Even if I know the answer to some, so, you know, if there's a problem and I know the answer to it, I love asking that question to other people because I know there's a thousand answers to every problem. Yeah. I don't know every, I don't know 1,000 answers. I only know like five, 10. Maybe you know the 11th one. Yeah. Even if you don't have that much experience, maybe that's why you have this unique perspective of solving a problem that I overlooked because I've been doing this for a while. So, you know, I love to just hear what people have to say. Um, with that said, I'm probably not going to do a podcast, my own podcast. I'm probably going to just keep doing this every week with you, right? Every uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Well, man, you're getting old, dude. I mean, like I said, the fourth <laughs> knee operation is right around the corner. I can feel it because I know you're stubborn, man. You're going to feel like you're the MVP of this, this uh, dodgeball tournament. I'm going and I have a surgery in November. I am not shocked. Yeah. So they, they actually, because I've torn my ACL so many times, they had to go in my knee and just remove, give me a bone graft. So then yeah. they're able to then give me an ACL reconstruction. Let's talk about November. something else, man. This is gross. <laughs> I don't do well with this, this queasy stuff. I have, a, I have a question for you, man. I love asking yeah. people questions. Um, you know, you, you are killing it too. What is your number one insecurity as a photographer? Number one insecurity. Well, this is not so much photography related. Uh, I think this is the business owner um, mm-hmm. thing. It's It takes a, a special breed of person to be able to give up the concept of a paycheck. You know, what I love most about this industry is if you want to make money, that just means you can, need to get off your ass and go out and do some work. Mm-hmm. But there are times, you know, when there are things that are outside outside of your control, like social media, you know, it has mm-hmm. changed so much over the, the last decade. You know, I remember back in the day when all you had to do was post an image and then you get your inbox flooded with inquiries. Now the reach has, has dried up so much, you know, you could have a hundred thousand followers, but it only reaches 5,000 people, you know, which is nuts if you think about it. So, you know, always having to adapt to what's going on, which is, you know, it's not a sob story. You have to do it no matter what. But there's a certain point where you get to an age, not that I'm saying that's me now, it's more targeted towards you because you can't walk around with that bum ass knee. There's a certain time when, you know, new technology comes up where you have to ask yourself, am I going to try TikTok? 
I don't understand it. And I still, I don't understand TikTok. I don't even understand Snapchat, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But all these different things that, you know, to stay at the top of technology, which is kind of key now because technology with AI, I mean, there's so many things that are making our jobs easier or harder for some, you know, you have to know what's going on. There's a certain point when I just don't understand certain things. You know, I just, my brain just cannot wrap around certain things, you know? I understand why TikTok is around, but I don't understand how I could use TikTok to benefit my business. Um, and, and there's, you know, some 14-year-old kid could say, well, it's easy, dummy. You do this and this and this because it leads traffic to your YouTube channel. On YouTube, you can do this and this and this because I already have a YouTube channel. And, and I'm like, holy cow, how do you know all this stuff? You're 14. That's who we're, you know, we, we need to factor in now all these young kids that are crushing it on TikTok are making millions off of TikTok and I don't understand TikTok by itself, you know? So the the fear is, you know, once you start losing your grip on 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 all this new stuff coming on, you know, it's you really got to you have to you have to tread water a little bit harder, you know? Um because if you don't keep up, you're going to slowly become irrelevant and you're going to lose your spot. Luckily, you know, podcasting was something that was popular back in the day and then it kind of fizzled and now it's resurging, you know, well, Joe Rogan has really, you know, re revolutionized, you know, all of social yeah. media. And so, you know, his success, not that we're trying to be mini Joe Rogan's, but he's really made it to where it's, it's trendy to be a podcaster now. And it, it I like it because it, it makes us use technology because you're in Vegas and I'm in Denver so we're using this amazing technology that allows us to do this, but it makes you have to use one of the core ingredients that you have to have as a business owner, the ability to talk to people. And that's something that I normally would not choose to do voluntarily because I, I don't like talking to people. Um, Whatever. But photography, I love talking about photography. Yeah. And I love talking about business. I love talking about you know, sharing info that hopefully will help somebody else double up, triple up, quadruple up, level up in their business. So that way they can say, you know why I did so well in 2024? Because of that one podcast you had with Sean Nelson. You know, that's me is what would make this all worth it in the end, you know? Um, and when there's passion for something, you know, this is so corny, but they say the world is your oyster, you know? God, man, you're so old. Because you're knee comments, you make me trying to make comments yeah. that you will understand. I don't, I don't get that your, preference. The world is your pizza. <laughs> oh, see, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah that go. sounds that's better. More, that's more you. That's more you. Yeah. But you, you're passionate, man. You, yes, you are socially awkward. If you haven't met this guy, he's the most awkward person socially. <laughs> but as soon as that passion comes out, you're not awkward. Yeah, I just, uh, well, if it's photography related, I can talk all day long, but as soon as you start talking about something else, you know, like we could talk about the Broncos and the Eagles for like two minutes, Mm -hmm. but then after that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm done talking about that, you know, and then it's just awkward silence, crickets, you know, um, it's, I can only fit one obsession in my brain at one time, you know? Yeah. And that's just that I'm wired. Well, I think this podcasting is helping people get out of their comfort zone and talk about things 
that they're passionate about, but also talk about things maybe they're not as passionate about because part of our job is to be a chameleon, man. We're going to be dealing with clients of all walks of life. You're not going to have everything in common with everyone you shoot with, but you're going to work with them. Now, how are you going to make that situation comfortable and fun? You're going to be able to adapt and be able to at least talk a little bit about what they're interested in. And I think that's a really good skill that you can showcase through podcasting. Man, that sounded just like a podcaster right there. That was, I think it's yeah. called dropping a dime. Uh, is that what the cool kids say? I think you dropped, you dropped the mic. You, yeah. That's my cap. Oh, that's my I cap. thought that was actually a dime bag. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> man, all I got to say is I appreciate you uh, being so willing to chat. I know uh, podcasting, this is, yeah. this is the, one of the first couple of podcasts that I've done and, and right away I wanted to reach out to people that have been, you know, people that I, I know personally over the years who, uh, who have been consistently at a high level, both quality of their work and then the quality of their, their personality. Um, and they were all busy. So that's why I'm talking to you. So, Oh, 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 well, what I meant you know to say, that I, was for I, the, I, oh, wait, wait, I might have to create a podcast just to get you on <laughs> reverse. The Let's do here. it. Uh, I think that's a great idea, man. I hope uh, your 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 fourth knee surgery goes well. Uh, hopefully, it heals in time for uh, the twenty twenty five season because I know that at your age, the recovery takes a little bit longer. Um, all I gotta say is, if you are not already following Sean, you must. Uh, the amount of uh, work he puts into, you know, the amount of work that he's put into uh, perfecting his craft, uh, his his work ethic, his hustle uh, is unrivaled. Uh, unrivaled to none is that is that how it said uh, it's unrivaled no. second to unrivaled none. <laughs> it's, it's second to none second to unrivaled um he's always been uh he's always been a really cool cat over the last few years um and uh i i can't wait to see the next evolution of his work he continually pushes the 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 barrier pushes the the barriers the limits english is so hard he pushes what is the wrong boundaries with you tonight. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's I told you the talking's weird, but he always, you, I think. <laughs> you know, it, that is too. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the OG innovators, one of the OG leaders of the industry and, uh, definitely one to watch. Uh, if you have questions for him or I leave a comment on our Instagram, I'll put his Instagram channel down, um, uh, below mm-hmm. his little video feed here. Uh, anything Perfect. that you want to say to, to uh, athletes or, or photographers before we log out? Yeah, any, to any photographers who want to talk to me, just message me, me um, guys. I'm, I'll respond. I'll talk to you. If you have questions, don't be afraid to just reach out. And again, be sure to check out his TikTok. No. Well, it is Sean Nelson Photo, but if you want to see some like two-year-old videos, go for it. The ass shaking, man. I got to – never mind. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, that is it for today. Uh, hopefully, you got a little bit of uh, insight into what makes photographers' minds tick. Uh, the whole point of this podcast is not so much to teach you how to use your camera, because hopefully, you already know how to do that. But it's to kind of give you a little bit of uh, a view from the outside in to see what's a, a full timer who is crushing it in this industry, what he thinks, how he talks, and uh, and you'll see how he dances. So hopefully, uh, you, you got some. Dance, man. Show me dance me. Let's we go. We do not do, do that here. 
let's end it. You guys, uh, please come back to us, see us next week, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, Sean will be uh, starting his own podcast in the near future. We'll see. Fingers crossed. He's shaking his head no. But until we see you again, my friends, I hope you all have a blessed week. And uh, for those of you who have cameras, keep shooting. Talk to you soon. Peace. Dude, that was awesome.